Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw Audio Experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I share why I think the best is still yet to come for one of the hottest condition-specific functional CPG categories from 2020. But before we get started, I would love if you took 52 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. We all know that the cold flu and immunity supplement market skyrocketed in 2020, but should the pullback in 2021 and 2022 be worrisome or is the future bright for the category? Remember the good old days when health experts predicting an upcoming bad cold and flu season was the biggest worry to our immune health. Because of recency bias, it's likely hard for most of us to detach the rising consciousness around immune health from the coronavirus endemic. Surprisingly though, if you look back to consumer health surveys from late 2019, immune system support was a top priority. As an example, a global survey from the Taste and Nutrition company Carey Group found that 63% of respondents chose immune system support ahead of healthy bones and joints, digestive health, improving energy levels, and heart health support. To add a little kind of like what the heck kind of Machiavellian twist, I was reminded recently of an insight I shared with a prominent supplement industry entrepreneur in February 2020. When I said that the cold, flu, and immunity supplement market was growing faster than people realized and was definitely under the radar, I had no idea just how correct that prediction would end up becoming. The cold, flu, and immunity market became arguably the most important topic of interest in 2020. According to the Nutrition Business Journal, that condition-specific supplement category grew a staggering 72.3% year-over-year. What was once a seasonality-fueled $3.4 billion supplement category now transformed into a constant year-long pursuit that added more than $2 billion in incremental consumer spending. Since my introductory statement ruined any chance of creating suspense, after that record-setting growth in 2020, the cold, flu, and immunity supplement category did decline 4.2% year-over-year in 2021, and it looks to be trending further downward based on various scan data excerpts that have been shared with me over the last few months. But before I get into further insights and share my long-term outlook on the immune health category, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to the supporter of this content, Compound Solutions. 
Did you know that nearly all our internal systems are influenced by the gut, including the immune system? Simply put, immune health starts in the gut. By maintaining intestinal integrity, bioavailable butyrate is our primary defender in the gastrointestinal tract. Through Compound Solutions' unique and patented form of butyrate, core biome gets to the colon where it's needed most to support immune health. If you're interested in attaining more information on core biome or any of the other unique science-backed ingredients supplied by Compound Solutions, head over to compoundsolutions.com or reach out to me directly and I'll connect you with the relevant team member. So with the high probability that the supplement category will see back-to-back -back years of declining sales trends, it's natural to think consumers are less interested in immune health, right? It's not a kind of binary yes-no kind of thing. Correlation does not imply causation. Every consumer health-related survey that I've read in 2022 still shows strong interest in strengthening immunity. So what's going on in the immune health supplement market then? In my opinion, there's a few things at work here. Firstly, attitudes towards health, including immune health, have become more broad and more protracted. Today, consumers are no longer just questioning their vulnerability to different mutations of the coronavirus or the seasonal flu, but instead expanding their concern to what other long-term health problems they risk because of poor dietary and lifestyle choices. It's important to remember that in a perfect world, we'd all have access to and regularly consume a balanced, nutrition-dense diet. So hypothetically, we shouldn't need additional supplements to strengthen our immune system. However, reality is not only do most of us fail to hit these daily nutrition goals, but we also have situations when we need more of certain nutrients than what we would naturally get from food. That likely means condition-specific supplement sales have shifted in part to supporting general health, especially in the vitamin categories. Secondly, and I know this content has been kind of mostly focused on traditional caps, powders, pills, supplement form factors, but you can't really talk about the immune health category without bringing up the functional food and beverage movement. Functional foods and beverages have been on fire well before 2020, but the COVID-19 effect certainly helped catapult them towards a larger focus in the consumer's mind. Because of that, consumers are now more likely to seek out food and beverage products that carry a variety of health and nutrition claims simultaneously for efficacy and convenience purposes. It's a bit of a market flywheel effect though. As consumer interest around better supporting immune health spiked these last few years, it naturally caused the supply side of the market, aka CPG brands, to do two things to match that elevated demand. The most logical way was that CPG brands launched products that aligned with demand side innovation principles. The problem with this methodology was that supply chain chaos mixed with kind of the crazy retailing environment wrecked speedy go-to-market plans. So, Instead of, or maybe in complement to, launching new immune health-focused functional foods and beverages, CPG brands kind of sped up the process by putting lipstick on a pig. That basically means adjusting the packaging and or marketing communications around existing products to call out features that were now a lot more valuable from a purchase criteria standpoint. 
as an example, I brought up this strategy in a piece of content I did about the Simply Good Foods company in July of 2020. I think there are some like short-term pluses, some like really, uh, I wouldn't call them pivots, but like things that could be done short-term just to kind of spike some sales in some areas that maybe are struggling. One of the things that they did talk about on the conference call was calling out some more of the kind of like immune support claims on specifically like the Atkins Nutritionals RTD SKUs uh, because they are vitamin fortified and just making sure they have some extra call outs there. When weight management being the kind of the big call-outs and value propositions on that brand, those subsiding a little bit like I just talked about. If you think about what is really gaining up is like people thinking about immune support and boosting their immune system. So if you do have the ability to call some of those things out and you have the right inclusions in your product to be able to use those claims on packaging, I think it's a good idea to do that in the short term. I do want to make sure that I emphasize there's nothing wrong with what the owner of Atkins Nutritional did or the thousands of other CPG brands that took similar actions. When done for the appropriate reasons, it's smart business logic to recognize that consumers have been more attentive to product labeling and that a certain event caused a spike in those consumers to seek out functional food and beverage products positioned around certain active ingredient claims. But Maybe this is a good segue into my third point around what's going on in the immune health supplement market, and that stems from increased consumer skepticism. I know we don't want to relive these memories, but maybe hindsight will provide everyone 2020 clarity that there was too much fear-mongering going on by media sources. All those unknowns and fears about the virus caused consumers to initially buy anything they could get their hands on that mentioned supporting immune health. As more facts about the virus started bubbling to the surface and fears started subsiding, it provided the opportunity for consumers to make greater efforts to research different ingredients. While almost all supplement and functional food and beverage brands were good actors during the pandemic era, consumers started noticing that a few bad actors didn't have their best interests at heart and made misleading claims to capitalize on consumers' eagerness to find instant health solutions. That shift from fear-based to factual-based buying shouldn't be understated and most certainly caused a pullback in the overall immune health market size. With that said, it's a natural reaction to an overheated trendy market to clear out the kind of riffraff, and I predict it will end up providing a stronger foundation for future categorical growth. So recognizing that the increased focus on immune health is not just a short-term trend, but what pushes the category growth even further? Just to kind of piggyback off that last point around consumer skepticism, I think combating that could come from a combination of investing in consumer education to help build greater awareness and understanding for the category, kind of secondly, increasing product and overall brand transparency, and then thirdly, utilizing branded ingredients that afford strong scientific evidence on packaging to support claims. Another categorical growth catalyst surrounds the strong scientific evidence that has been coming out around the gut immune access. Our gut is estimated to house 70% of the body's immune cells, so supporting a healthy gut can have downstream effects on immunity. 
taking those types of multifunctional approaches to product innovation aligns well with shifts in the consumer market towards overall health and wellness. So I'd expect more condition-specific supplement mashups to happen, such as stress support, sleep support, and the mitigation of inflammation. Additionally, I think the immune health category will benefit from the growing popularity of wearable technology and the kind of normalization or acceptance of in-home health testing. What gets measured gets managed, right? For my kind of quick final thoughts, I want to answer the introductory question more clearly, which was essentially my thoughts around the long-term outlook for the immune health category. The COVID-19 effect undoubtedly pulled forward the demand for products a few years, which now has kind of normalized. But this period, more importantly, changed consumer perception around immune health. That shift from only thinking about supporting your immune health during the kind of fall and winter season to now making it a year-long pursuit is really a big deal. Maybe those legacy immune ingredients with high consumer awareness or maybe some of those played out formulation approaches won't see massive sales surges again in the near-term future, and I think that's probably okay, but it's really going to be the massive wave of attention placed on immune health and investment put towards innovation that will open up new opportunities. That's exciting to think about, and really, I predict it will provide strong categorical market growth in the future. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 